Welcome to Filmstrip. These podcasts are spoiler-filled as we discuss the plots, characters, and themes of the films in review. All content used or discussed in these podcast episodes is the property of the respective owners and used under the Fair Use Act, Section 504C2, Title 17. Welcome to Filmstrip. I'm Jay. I'm Irina. And we're excited to have with us on this show, Craig from the Needless to Say podcast. Craig, tell folks a little bit about yourself and your show. Well, how's everybody doing out there? I'm Craig. I am on a show with my two other co-hosts, Brad and Dave, called Needless to Say. Um, Just a few guys. It just started out. We're all friends. We've known each other. Actually, Dave is married to my cousin. Brad, I met. At a local bar <laughs> that I go that I frequent, and so does he. And we met about he's because he's originally from New York, um, and I'm from Rhode Island. He moved to Rhode Island, and uh, so we met about ten years ago, roughly. And then it was just one of those things. You start hanging out and you start talking, and then you know he was interested in podcasts, I was interested in podcasts, and it was just one of those things where we said, you know what, let's make one. You know, our conversations are funny. We're Two guys that like to bust each other's shops and, you know, and then my my uh, cousin's husband got involved because he's hilarious. He's very smart. Um, he's very fat. So that helped, you know. <laughs> 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 so <laughs> it just worked out great. And uh, we're having a blast doing it. Um, we're at 114 episodes. I'm actually editing 115 right now. And uh it's just been a lot of fun and want to continue doing it. Absolutely. Well, we thank you for being on Filmstrip. We'll talk more about how you got here in just a bit. But what are we talking yeah. about today? We're talking about a movie called Stage Fright, starring Barbara Cupsetti, David Brandon, Clayne Parker, and Giovanni Lombardo Radice. Directed by Michelle Soave, released in 1987 on a budget of $1 million. You know, oddly enough, you'd think like, okay, Italian horror movie, this has got to be bad, right? Nope. Got a yeah. 6.7 on IMDb and a 60% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it's not even the worst thing we've ever touched here on Filmstrip. It's certainly not <laughs> the worst thing I've ever seen. But it is all Irina's fault. And so I'm going to throw it to her now <laughs> to explain yeah. how we got here and, and why we're doing Stage Fright and why Craig from Needless to Say, because it's all one nice, fun story. So Irina, please do tell. It's a great fun story. Sorry. Um, so I went to a Rhode Island Comic Con and uh, happened upon this podcast table. These guys were just chilling, having a good time. And I was like, oh, oh okay, cool. Hey, uh, I'm on a podcast too. You guys should listen and just, you know, take a peek at us. And they said, oh, you got to meet our guy, Craig. I was like, really? Yeah, he's our movie guy. And I thought, all right, well, I'll make my way back around. Here I am dressed up as Doctor Strange because that's my favorite cosplay in the entire world. And I walk up and I don't remember whether it was Brad or Dave. They're like, that's your guy. That's your guy. I don't know how many beers Craig had had at that point. A lot. But a lot. <laughs> but he came over and gave me a big hug. And he was like, oh, wait, here, you you got you to gotta get in touch with the podcast. And they're like, dude, we already gave her that information. It's all good. So then I said, okay, so w- what kind of movies do you like? And he's like, I like shitty movies. I like to sit around on Sunday and watch <laughs> shitty movies. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, God, this guy is it. We need him. <laughs> so I kind of, I, I, I pitched the idea to Jay and Jay was like, well, 
yeah, let's do it. And based on the fact that Craig told me that he really liked watching shitty movies, I thought, okay, well, I know one. (laughs) So my history with (laughs) my history with this movie is I went to see one of our other hosts, Ron and his wife, um, for a weekend and we watched this movie really late at night and I looked at Ron and I was like what the hell are we watching he's like I don't even know and I think I like went to bed in the middle of the the movie and Ron stayed up and watched it till like 2 a.m he may have watched it again but oh my <laughs> gosh I looked at him over coffee with both of our spouses the next morning I was like you know Ron and I watched the shittiest movie in the entire world last night <laughs> so that's why I decided we should review this one to uh, kind of welcome Craig to hang out with us a little bit absolutely so Craig have you ever seen stage fright before Irina uh, sucked you into it well no I hadn't and when she sent me the trailer I immediately responded and said you had me at drill through door <laughs> <laughs> It was just fantastic, but now I no, I wasn't totally ignorant of uh, Michelle Suave. I watched uh, Raiders of Atlantis, which is 1983. It is awful, and <laughs> <laughs> so I went on and watched City of the Living Dead, which he created in 1980. So I knew this was there. It was kind of something that I had in the vault. And I hadn't watched it yet. So when she said it, I was like, absolutely. I'm in. And uh, like you like you said, it's not the the other ones are a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, this guy, he really brought his A game for this one, you know? So I I love this because I get to so rarely be the newbie. On film strip, it's almost always something I've seen, have history with, yada yada. It's they're not all my ideas, but there's very few things I haven't seen because I don't know. I was single for a long time, so whatever. I watched a lot of bad shit. So uh, yeah. this is why Ron and I are friends because <laughs> his wife and I have been friends forever, and so it's all this big six degrees of madness that we have here on film strip, and so. I was down just, she told me like, here's the basic thing. And all I did was I, I looked it up on my phone cause I was at work and I said, Oh yeah, just the premise alone. I was like, yes. Yeah. It, I mean yeah. that, that sold me immediately. And I said, yes, I'm always down for like bad Italian horror movies because yes. they, they either are spectacular, like cinematic feats. Like they look amazing, like Argento stuff, or they're complete abject disasters. <laughs> and in the disaster yes. is where they're fun. And so I, I was down for this immediately, but I have to replay something. Your meeting of Irina, she told like a very tame version of that, Craig. I have the text <laughs> messages of that going down. Like I am getting real time updates about, I just met the most cool effing guys ever. And they have a podcast. You need to, like download this now, drop your life, listen to this. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she just she sent me a couple of pictures. And I was like, okay, sure. And so, cause I'm always down. I'm like, sure. Podcast. Yes. Content. Always yeah. easy to do. It's a one less thing to have to dream up like what do we want to review this week and so i was down for that but the the, the meeting was much more i don't know frenzied and fun i think that irena sold it as so i just want to put that out there that that, that exists you know, I, and, I had to contain my excitement a little bit yeah no yeah. literally craig i was like geeking out because I, you were so like on board with wanting to do something i was oh, literally yeah. walking around that comic-con texting jay saying oh my god you gotta do this and then your guys were downloading us and it was just like this it, it happens so fast. The other thing is that we yeah. have a vocal doppelganger on your show because our co-host Kurt from Canada sounds just like Brad, and like they are t- like together. 
And it's I, I'm not convinced that they're not the same friggin' person and that they just haven't fooled us all yet. But I mean, really, they sound exactly the same. It is fun. Well, does does yours constantly complain about everything and constantly upset and thinking everything in the world is coming down on him? No, that is not Kurt. He is very low key and cool. So that, I cannot right. say that. So, <laughs> <laughs> that is not that is not Kurt's world. So. <laughs> Brad, Brad's got that schlep rock thing going on. <laughs> I totally. That is. I that, don't think Kurt's doing like you know lip syncing concerts in his garage after we're done doing podcast either. That is not yeah. something Kurt would be doing. I've known Kurt a long time, and that is not something Kurt would do. Uh, so, but anyway, I just had to throw that out there because it is funny. So, okay, so stage fright is something. Irene, you had had a, a weekend with friends moment with it. Craig, you were aware of it at least. Like I said, it was new for me, so I was pumped to do this and i watched this as i do with so many things i watched it with my darling wife who gets drugged through so much film strip stuff and i I just want to tell you because i wrote it down when she said it uh because i thought it was great as we're watching this she's like you know walking her treadmill we're watching this i'm sitting there trying to take notes or whatever and she looks and says who came up with this and i told her and i was like irena said this she said i want you to tell her right now my opinion of her taste in movies has totally dropped so (laughs) we're like 10 (laughs) minutes into this thing so i knew then i was like well this show is going to be gold if <laughs> this movie is going to be like this so because again it's one thing to watch something that is really good and you can you know like the Kubrick stuff we've been doing you can just talk about all the you know the, the great cinema feats and this is another thing to watch something that just fails so spectacularly and no one involved yes. in it realizes how bad it is and that is what's most fun about this movie is no one I don't think anyone realized how horrible what they were making was yeah, I think so. They should have been tipped off by the giant owl head, but <laughs> <laughs> but I, mean, I know what you're saying. It was, it was, um, it's one of those things. Like, I, I I enjoy these movies. I do. I sit around and you know, you're lucky. Your wife will tolerate it and sit there with you and then complain. My wife just walks by and goes, "Oh, you're watching stupid shit again." And just continues walking into the next room. You know? <laughs> so, well, wait, wait, wait. I, I got you beat on this. We were trying, I was trying to watch this with my husband, and we got about 40 minutes into it after three beers, and he goes, What the hell is this? I said, I'm watching it for the podcast. He goes, No, you're not. Click <laughs> and turned it off on me. So I literally finished watching this movie five minutes before we started recording. <laughs> well, good. It'll at least be fresh in your mind. To Rachel's oh, credit, so though, there, there's many a times, Craig, where, my, where Rachel's like, What are you reviewing? Nah. <laughs> you know, and then that's it. So, I'm tapping out. So, John. Yeah, nope. Yep. You, you go watch that somewhere else. So, yeah, you, you can have that one. So, anyway, I guess I should do a quick plot summary, though, for the uninitiated. And I won't, I won't go into a ton of details because <laughs> there's no way I possibly could. Uh, what I'm yeah. going to give is what I think is the straight through line of this movie. And then we can just talk about, you know, the stuff that happened. So, here we go. <clears throat> yeah. Alicia, an actress, along with another group of fellow performers, locked themselves in a theater one night to rehearse an upcoming production because it's going so well they have to do this. Uh, unbeknownst <laughs> to them, a deranged serial killer and former performer named Wallace, Irving Wallace, has escaped an asylum and is now stalking everyone in the group. He stalks and kills members of the troop in various gruesome ways, drill through the door, chainsaw, soundless chainsaw to cut somebody in half, as we'll see. <laughs> um, and, he st- and, and, and finally, you know, he's He's chasing Alicia the whole time, and he finally just decides to wait her out by staging all of their bodies on stage like some sort of avant-garde scene, petting a cat wearing an owl costume. (laughs) 
because the musical they're in is about a serial killer that dresses one or something. I don't know. Whatever. So finally, Alicia and, and Wallace square off with each other. And, you know, she runs through the soundstage and he's chasing her on the catwalk. And she finally, you know, hits him with a, a part of a fire extinguisher that looked like it had expired because it didn't have a whole lot of fizz to it. But whatever. It knocks him off the stage to the ground, but he's still not dead. So she lights him on fire. But he's also still not dead because she returns later for her most precious possession in the world, the most expensive gold watch ever, or it better have been, because the stagehand <laughs> Willie lets her back in to get this damn thing. She goes to retrieve it, and Burnt Wallace stands up behind her, only to have Willie shoot him in the head. But in the final scene, his eyes shift, or maybe he just laughed and breathed, I don't know, revealing that he might not be finished yet. And that's about as straight a line as I can give you on stage fright. <laughs> Now, how many times did Willie say, right between the eyes, just like I said? <laughs> <laughs> he just keeps repeating over and over as she walks out the door. I'm like, all right, Willie, we get it. Shut the fuck up. I know, right? Yeah. I mean, Good job. You can shoot, man. You can shoot. No, yeah. I, I love the fact, it. first he's got to tell her, like, you didn't know how to put a bullet in the gun. I'm like, she didn't know how to hold the gun, man. Just hold <laughs> it like a flower. Yeah, my at the bachelor, hold it still. At the bachelor yeah. ceremony or something. It was so, so great. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. Um, okay, so just the basic thing here. Like, I tried to describe this to another friend that knows we do this show and hadn't seen Stage Fright. He's like, what's Stage Fright about? And I said, well, you've seen how Halloween, right? He said, yeah. I said, okay, so imagine Michael Myers was like a theater performer before he went crazy, and then they, they, they put him away, and he got out, and he just went back to whack everybody at the theater. And he's like, oh, that, that actually sounds pretty good. I said, and it would be if people knew how to make that movie, but that's not what this yeah, is. Exactly. But, I mean, that's really what this movie reminded me of, though, was like, it's like they took Halloween, but put him in an owl costume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They took They took the classic um you know hack and slash type type movie that setting they took that whole thing and put it into this one place in the theater you know your typical bunch of people there everybody's gonna get killed except for the one person you already know who the one person is from the beginning of the movie you know (laughs) but they did it um wrong I guess. <laughs> well, they did it so wrong. They, but they started it off not just that damn owl, but they l- legit stole the costume from one of the leads in Blade Runner and threw it on a musical stage here. Yes. Because yeah. Because Alicia comes out dressed up like Daryl Hannah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. She, and she's smoking the cigarette. All I wanted someone right. to do was to it's give her the so Voight cop test. Because so, <laughs> you've got Marilyn Monroe up above her with the skirt blowing, playing fake saxophone. Playing saxophone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's just talk about that opening scene. The opening scene is you see this woman who, who's supposed to be dressed like a hooker and people are catcalling her and she's blowing them off and she's, you know, burning this cigarette down and she puts it out and then these hands yeah. grab her from behind and then again, the. <laughs> It was like the leftover Lost Boys saxophone soundtrack kicks in. <laughs> <laughs> and you got, you got the killer who's in all black, you know, leotard or whatever, uh, unitard. I don't know the, the correct term, Irene. And he's got this owl head on and he's supposed to be the night owl. That's the whole bit. And he's yeah. dancing and prancing around and everybody's running around. And what happens at the end of the scene though is that he gets caught. Everybody's got him at gunpoint and then they strip him down where he's wearing all white and I, Alicia is supposed to like, 
I don't know. And like, she's supposed to turn the tables on him. That's what the director wants her to do. Yeah, the director. He... What's better than the victim raping her assailant? I'm yeah, just like, yes, what? what a horrible <laughs> idea. Even in 1987, that is a terrible <laughs> idea. I mean, what? A... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was funny because at that point, I'm thinking to myself, this is going to be full on like sex, like late 70s, early 80s sexploitation film. It wasn't actually though, <laughs> and it's funny like that. But like you said, that opening scene with the saxophone playing and the and the and the whole score of the movie was that um, synthesizer eighties, you know, thing. Like they they continued on with that, cl- you know, that classic synthesizer craziness, except for the chase scene. Yeah, <laughs> which, which one? <laughs> Immediately, I was like, "When well, no, and they were like, you know what? We can get him. And they start chasing him around. And they play music. Like, I was expecting them to stop building shit and exercising. It was like that montage <laughs> yes. music. <laughs> it is, it, I swear, man, it is like they left the temp score in because they didn't have enough score. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> it no, sounds it like did. it's it's out of like perfect with Jamie Lee Curtis doing that, you know, rhythmic thing with John Travolta. I'm expecting to see Hannibal and fucking Murdoch start <laughs> welding like a thing on the front of the <laughs> fan or something. You know, yes. The, you know, it was just so weird like that typical montage, you know, thing. I was like, what the they didn't create any suspense at that point. You know? well, look, hold up, hold up, though. The funny thing about the music in the entire movie is the only thing that's actually background music, aside from, like, Betty getting killed in the parking lot, <laughs> <laughs> is, is like, the, the uh, do-do-do-do-do, which yeah. is practically what the theme is for yeah. this thing, because yeah. they take the music that's for the play, and they just keep playing it through the entire thing. That's why it stops and drops. All yeah. of a sudden, no, no. Yeah. Like, there's plenty oh, of scenes. Here's another cue. Yeah, no, there's plenty of scenes though of them actually turning the recorder, you know, the tape player on the big reel to reel to play it. Like, well, we need some mute mood music while we chase the killer <laughs> through the theater. Like the act, yeah. like the characters decided that, not the movie. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Wallace turned it on just for effect, though. Like that's yeah. if, if if I have to say who turned it on, I'm pretty sure it was him. Oh, see, I was going to ask Irene because you're you're the one of us that that I know has a good bit of stage experience all right so (laughs) please (laughs) you have to forgive me but all i'm doing is sitting there in my head going like what if this happened at the winchester you know there's no freaking way there's no freaking way this shit would happen anyway so yeah no it's wallace he turns it on right before he turns the light on to show like to to, uh, the spotlight he puts it right on the director as they're looking for um what was they looking for? What's his name? Yeah, I see. Yeah, that's the other thing too. They're like, there's a million people in this movie, and I can't tell you yeah. who the hell any of them. Are. Oh my god! Like, no, yeah, no, no. no. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm like, I know who are Alicia talk, is. I know who about- Corinne is because of the way she died, and I know who yeah. you know uh, the girl in the in the uh, you just said her name a second ago um, that died in the parking lot. Betty. Yeah, Betty. And then I know I know Ferrari because of course it's Italian and these people want to make some sort yeah. of political statement, so let's name it after a Ferrari who would just throw money at yeah. it to hope it would work, right? Like that's <laughs> oh my gosh. That, yep. that was funny. So uh, which I was convinced. I was like, is that Paul Servino? So I, I, did, I said the same thing. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing both times I watched it. 
I know. I was, yeah, it, I, that or Jack West or something like that. It's like one of those guys, yep. you know? So. Yeah. No, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, shit. And then I'm like, oh, no, it's not. All right. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> those guys are not like above this kind of stuff. Like Danny Aiello was no. in the stuff. So, I mean, yeah. you know, they, yep. they would yeah. do this. <laughs> so, it, yeah. That, that opening number, though, y'all, I mean, it's so – the way it's just put together – and I'm going to I'm gonna compliment this movie on one thing. Renato Talfori, I looked it up, the director of photography here, I thought he had a good use of the camera. Like, he, he had some good shots. Like, it's cheesy and it's, it is that hack and slash, you know, formula. But I thought the camera work was actually pretty good for what this movie is. You could see that he was like, well, we got this budget. Let me try to do something because nobody else is, <laughs> you know, like he was like, let me try to make a little something of this because I, I agree with you. There was some good there was some good shots. The You know what I mean? Some good um, certain angles on things. It was nice. It, it, even like some of the run, the running scenes. There was one scene, though, with the running where I was like, all right, I almost had a seizure. The camera's shaking so much. <laughs> you know? but, yeah. I, but I mean, but other than that, it wasn't. Like you said, the cinema photography wasn't bad. It wasn't bad at all. I think my favorite moment is when Laurel's in the dressing room and she thinks somebody's about to break in and there's this one camera shot of her eyes moving back and forth. Yeah. And I couldn't yeah. tell whether I loved it or hated it. Yes. <laughs> but it was so effective that I was like, all right, it's good. That, that shot is really good. It just doesn't belong in this movie. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, not at all. That's something like <laughs> you it, saw Carol Kane do in like When a Stranger Calls when she's getting freaked out in the house. You know, like the, that up yeah, close eyeball yeah. thing. Like that was really well done. It's probably that actress's best moment. Yeah, but yeah, uh, though that the cinematography is fine. What I cannot abide is the editing of this movie and the pacing because the opening yeah. sequence again is this Neo Blade Runner. I don't know, um, uh, street attack. You turn the tables on the villain motif, but it's intercut with like the actress like getting dressed. Like, just randomly. Like, she's shaving yeah, in the shower. Yeah, yeah. There's a guy putting on a suit, and now we see him dance. I'm like, I, there's no title cards. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know who these people are. I just want to see them die. That's what this movie's about. So yeah. why, yep. why are you uh, – the editing of this was so baffling. And then it leads to some of the pacing later because there's moments where it's just two people staring across a room at each other, not knowing if they can actually see each other, and it's four minutes of it. And I'm like, what are we yeah, doing yeah. here? <laughs> <You know? laughs> So I think I had a better um, uh, movie-watching experience with this because, um, as I said, I just watched it before I got on here, and I think I jumped ahead 30 seconds every two minutes. There you go. That's <laughs> probably the way to watch this. Is like You know you can listen to podcasts at like 1.5 speed? Like, if you could, yeah. you can watch a movie. Like, I know Netflix is, like, tempting to put that out. I wish Amazon would yeah. just go ahead and do it. Like, watching this movie yeah. on one and a quarter would be fine. So, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, exactly. So can we but, talk um, about the fact that Alicia sprains her ankle and her friend is going to take her to the doctor who just happens to also be the psychiatrist of the – it's like if Dr. Yeah. Loomis was also able to treat your sprained ankle on the track team or something. Yeah, <laughs> well, exactly. I actually had – you know, I thought like the moral – the whole moral of this movie is do not go to a psych psychiatric <laughs> hospital for a sprained <laughs> yeah. ankle. Yeah. You know, like that's <laughs> – what the fuck were you doing there? <laughs> There's no nowhere else to go, you know. So who, I skipped that drugstore, get an ice pack and an ace bandage. <laughs> I I got the sense because of the conversation the two people are having walking there that 
the stagehand and the costume mistress had been involved with the doctor, like at least in like a random hookup or maybe they met at the bar or just got buddies or something like that. And that's how she yeah. knew him. And I, I based that solely on the fact that Alicia has a whole conversation about how I really wish I hadn't slept with this director to get this job because now he wants me to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh man, this whole thing with this, this psychiatrist, uh, pardon me, psychiatrist though is hilarious because he sits there stroking Alicia's thigh and buttock during yeah. his entire exam. Very <laughs> uncomfortable, right? That part didn't miss my 30 second skip ahead. Yeah, no, I caught I caught that too. I was like, and she was totally cool with it. And I'm like, right. <laughs> he's not doing anything like, you know, checking it. Like, you know, you go to something happens and yeah. feeling the joint and moving it. No, he's just caressing her leg. Like <laughs> he's like giving her like a massage. Sorry, but like not even. Cool. No, it was too gentle to be a massage. That was yeah. a caress. It was it was like, very weird, yeah. Yeah, he's like, it's definitely sprained. <laughs> but we're not here for her ass, Doc. We're here for her ankle. Exactly. Can you sprain your ass? I don't know. I, mean, I guess he would have tried. I don't know. So, but, yeah, but the weirdest thing, that all of that is... So we can get her out of there so that the director's mad at her for, like, reasons. Because he stays mad at her for, like, three minutes. And then all of a sudden, it's like, no, you can stay. You know, so I, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but it does set up something though. She is discerning though, because Ferrari totally hits on her like twice, and she totally turns yeah. him down. So she's like, "No, I have limits." So <laughs> it's apparently yeah. Yeah. she had standards somewhere. Yeah, and but, but we've got so much going on here. We've got that little affair going on, and then we've got Sybil who finds out that she's knocked up while she's standing backstage. Yep. Right. Yeah. That was just random information. That we I know. Not, I, was, like there was no. There was no like forward moving plot at that moment. So we get all these like little pieces of these characters that don't make sense and, and don't belong together. When, when Sybil, that was the silent chainsaw. When Sybil fell through the floor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. She dies with a silent chainsaw. I think that was the best death up. in the whole movie. <laughs> I was Yeah. Cause he just pulls half her body out of the hole. And I'm like, did they just pull her in half? Like, yeah, like, I know. Right. <laughs> I was like, what the hell just happened? Then later you see the chainsaw. You're like, okay, somebody should have edited in, you know, a sound effect. But like, yeah, because well, it's not yeah, like they didn't have one. I- they they ran it like for a minute and a half when he's cutting up the director. You know? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know what? Hey, I just I just thank God that this was not one of those moments where they cut her in half and we saw a fetus hanging out of her torso too. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that. that was I don't weird. think she was that far along. No, 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 she wasn't. But that, I'm saying, you know, like, yeah. if, if this had been anybody else, we might have gotten no, that. Only if Rob Zombie directed this movie. Like, would you have gotten like a, something a, like a little, There was a little peanut on the ground on the first floor. We just <laughs> no. didn't see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have that going on. You have the guy that gets drilled through the door. Uh, you, yep. you, have a, you have a couple of stalk scenes, though, where there's the girl trying to get undressed. And, like, they are obviously she's got on, like, stage gear, right, to enhance her features that, you know, aren't really hers or whatever. And, oh, Laurel. And I when, love Laurel. And when they go to rip yeah. her shirt off, like, what I told my wife was she just looked at me and said, you're right. It, they zoom in on her face as she pulls her shirt off. I'm like, this movie can't even get that right. Like, that's not where you're supposed to do that. And then no, when no, they no. Do- she is like queen of the itty-bitty titty committee, so we didn't even need to have it panned back that far. When they went to the down shot in the closet where it was revealed, my wife turned to me and said, see, maybe that's why. And I was like, see? 
ouch, ouch. But, you know, <laughs> but even so, like, this movie didn't even get that right. Or whatever. I wanted her to die so bad. Like, you, you know, there's always movie in these hacker movies that you're like, okay, I, I want this. You, I'm actively rooting for these people to die because they're supposed to be archetypes of everybody you hated in high school. Right. Like, that's what yep. Friday the yeah. 13th invented for us. And so I'm yeah. sitting there picking these people like, yep, that one's got to go. That one. Oh, especially that one twice. You know, and yeah, yeah. she was the one that I was like, yes, must die horribly. Right. And then the first <laughs> person we see really die horribly on this scene is the ingenue as she's doing her little dance on stage. Yeah, Corinne. Like, that's actually a really good scene. Like, I will give this movie credit for this is they don't know that the real killer has come on stage. She's done her little dance yes. in her lingerie. And then the director's like, go ahead, kill her. And the dude's like, okay and just we get this it's literally an erotic stabbing is what it was yes yeah and that's and ironically what we haven't mentioned is the fact that brett was also blamed for that one now brett was blamed for stalking the girl in the dressing room that he thought you know he was trying to scare her brett was the the archetype sarcastic gay guy you know and he was everybody's scapegoat yeah, and he was everybody's scapegoat. They blamed him for everything because he was sarcastic and and like witty, and he I apparently liked to play pranks. They started blaming him for everything, <laughs> you know. Right. And, and then poor Brett and his death. Yeah, I feel so yeah. bad for the guy. <laughs> yes, he got a terrible death. Terrible. I was like the the killer was like, Nah, I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna tie you up. <laughs> you know? Here, wear my hat for a minute. Let's share it. Right, yeah. so that other people yep. can can axe you to death for me, like that's yeah, what a exactly. And I'm looking at this and I'm going like, this killer doesn't seem to be the kind of person that could put together that complicated a thought. You know, it's yeah, what, yeah. it's like when you get Michael Myers to like take out the power grid. I'm like, that's not the kind of planning this person would do. <laughs> it doesn't. That seems yeah, yeah. a little beyond where we're going. Like the thing that got me, you know, of course he hitches the ride back with Betty and, and Alicia back from the psychiatrist office where the caressing took place. And yep. they do the whole <laughs> bit about like the scary music and he pops up in the backseat and then she goes back out cause she dropped her keys or cigarettes or some nonsense. And they still like, don't get the scare, right? Like they have the rain buckets going 90 to nothing. And then she turns around and it's dry. And here comes the pickaxe right through the mouth. You know, and, and I was yeah, like, what a weird, again, weird editing in this movie. But, you know, what's funny is the pickaxe through the mouth was good. I enjoyed it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it was very My Bloody Valentine. Like, it was, yes. I was like, yes. Yeah. But the problem is, is like, you can remind me of better movies. But yes, if you do yeah. that too much, then I'm going to be like, why am I just not watching that? So, yeah, exactly. And I yep. wish I had thought of the 30 second skip ahead, Irina. Damn it. Now you've, you've taught yeah. me something new. I'm going to try that. So, I don't know if you can do that on all your apps, but Voodoo, Voodoo was my friend today. Can I tell you, though, like, really, the rain machine? Like, I was convinced that half the budget went to the rain machine because oh, they, keep, had to have. they keep going yeah. back to like shots of puddles and nothing happens to the puddle. There's no ripple where he walks by. There's I don't even know whether it was a rain machine. It's like they got the fire department to come out with their hoses or something yeah yeah it's weird because that's what i was thinking i'm like a million dollar budget it had could have filmed that movie in a a week (laughs) you know yeah and been better than this yeah with everybody taking our lunches and hanging out and no you know no rush and 
they, and there was nothing. It was it was a, a rented building, obviously. You know, where did this million dollars go? <laughs> That's I, what I wanted. Right? Look, it I, went to the dubbing because if you yeah. watch, <laughs> they're speaking English, but it's so bad that they had to dub over it. It's because yeah. you can't afford a microphone boom operator, or probably more likely, the boom kept getting in the shot, and the DP was like, "Get that guy out of here. We'll just do it in post." And, and yeah. Craig, you. You do the audio stuff on your podcast. You ever try to sync up audio and video that are recorded from two, for two different sources? That is a hell of a do and sell. It's a pain in the ass. Yes. It's a huge pain in the ass. Yep. Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. dubbing. I, I actually asked myself, I was like, is this, was this in Italian? It's like, no, this is English. The mouth. No, these are all speaking English here. I don't. That, I thought. Yeah. I thought the same thing right out of the gate, but because it it was worse in the beginning. You could see it synced up a little better as the movie went on. But right in the beginning, I was like, oh, shit, these people are all speaking in Italian. This whole movie's dubbed. And I'm like, no, they're not. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know what? The cops, though, the cops sitting in the car outside, they were synced perfectly. Yeah. Right. Through the entire fucking thing. Yeah, they were. But apparently they're both hearing impaired. (laughs) <laughs> 10 feet from the building while chainsaws and guns were going off and people are yelling hey 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 hey! in the theater's defense you're not supposed to hear that shit outside <laughs> well, so they, oh yeah this is true this, this is, is true, true. i'll they, give you that one they did have that right so i i want to say though that i blame this movie now for something that has bothered me for over 20 years uh and i'm gonna blame it for the bad cops that are in halloween five that walk around with like clown noises because they're these two cops like dominic yep. what's his name that directed that saw this and thought oh genius because he's i think he's french or something and i'm sure that's what he based these guys on and now they had to repeat yep. it in the more recent one too. I'm like, now I know who to blame for that horrible idea. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this movie wasn't a total waste. See, I mean, it, it, yeah. I learned. Yep. <laughs> I th- we got to go back to Corinne's kill though, because I I don't know if you all agree with me. I thought that was really effective and genuinely somewhat frightening and unnerving. What is completely undermined is when they all gather around her for the fisheye lens shot, and the Ferrari guy just like shaking the woman who's been stabbed eight times. Where's uncontrollably. the key? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where's the key, dude? Sh- she's not answering but uh, nobody goes after the killer either they just let him walk off stage like he's making his exit like there isn't yeah. one single yeah. one that goes after it nobody they're like what's <laughs> brett's deal that's not brett yeah, they're like brett you asshole <laughs> <laughs> i don't think we actually explained that what happened to brett i just said we tied him up brett was tied up and placed backstage after everybody was blaming for everything blaming him for everything and they put the, the kill, they realized it wasn't Brett. Brett right. was missing. They realized it's not him. They put, they go backstage, they see the killer, and Peter, the director, kills him. And they think they killed him, they got him, they take the mask off, and it's Brett. Wait, <laughs> Brett, wait, wait. Yeah. But yep. what, wait, let's talk about where they see him. They see him in the damn catwalk. So all these assholes have to go get weapons and then run up the, <laughs> the damn ladder to the catwalk. And Brett's all the way up there. So this guy is put like 
way too much forethought into tying bread up and putting the damn owl mask. On Not only that, yeah. the convenience of like, and this is the moment when I'll get them all to go do that. It's not like he chases <laughs> them to do yeah. it, or they see him even Scooby Doo style run behind the curtain and they go after him. <laughs> they just decide to form a posse and naturally we'll go to the catwalk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole fact of the key with Alicia trying what the turn it sideways pull it through the fucking slot right yeah the, at the end of the movie where where she has to get the key to get out the door well let, let's set the scene up here okay first off okay, yeah. she she's had a conversation with willie the stagehand who conveniently disappears for all of this because oh, yeah he was yeah. nowhere to be found yeah I, no but, he went home remember oh that's right they did send him home that's right they he was sent the, him home oh. and they said make sure you put out all the fires and the cans before you leave because they have these yeah. big, <laughs> big barrels with the fires and god knows why they're there well because you can't yeah. we're not gonna run the heat i mean come on let's, let's be realistic here so, <laughs> we're, we're cutting we're cutting quarters of this budget this guy's shelling out tens and fives to keep them around for the night yeah. so, <laughs> so that's what happens with ferrari when he gets basically gutted in front of us which was awesome but anyway and what, then flown in from the raft yeah, what, what we see would boy not that actor by the way but anyway <laughs> No, no, no. There's no I'm way. sure that dude was like, nope. So not doing that. <laughs> so I'll shake the dead girl, but not that. Anyway, so what what Wallace Irving or Irving Wallace, I should say, decides yep. to do is to lure Alicia out is he's got his costume on and he, he doesn't think like, maybe I should take this huge bird head off because that's not easy <laughs> yeah. to move around. No, I kind of like it. I'm going with it. So I'm going to take all the bodies, some of which are in multiple pieces. Now the director's lost an arm, the, you know, the and one girl's head. Yeah. The one girl's caught. Yeah. The, the head fell off. It got, yeah, it fell off. It did. It's supposed to be cut off, but it fell off uh, because of a wind <laughs> that went by. His wings. head on the table like it's a centerpiece. Right, yeah. right, right. Right on a creep show, right? <laughs> or Friday the 13th again. So we, 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 he stages these bodies all around the stage, like on the couches and stuff. And then he sits down and he puts the key to the door, like in between the little wood slats that underneath the stage. And he has all these feathers flying around because there's wind going. He's turned the music back on because he likes the, the theme. Yeah. And the cat, also named Lucifer. Um, John, yeah, John, Lucifer's sitting on his lap and he's having this Dr. Evil moment. With no, the he's, it's thing. like the godfather up there waiting on her while she's holding Willie's gun, like again, like a flower, you know, not like a weapon. Yeah, yeah. And they're staring at each other, but not knowing that they're staring at each other. And she keeps trying to get that key loose. And I'm sitting there going like, I mean, she gets like a nail and another nail and just this, I'm like, you just turn it sideways yeah. and pull down. Just yeah, it was it was balanced in the slot, like it was just turned in the slot. All she had to do was twist it and pull it down. No, she's like, I'm gonna pull it through these two by fours, possibly with this nail. My husband and, has a great phrase: not, you can't fix stupid. Yeah, and <laughs> not with this forty four magnum I got in my hand. Shoot this guy straight through his asshole directly above me. <laughs> I'm just going to sit. I'm actually going to put the gun down. I haven't even loaded it. We'll find out later. She didn't know yeah. how to do that. So it's sitting I think that's here. one of the big notes I have here when she finds the gun. Is it loaded? Is it a blank? Who knows? She, she never yeah, even like looks at it. Yeah. She doesn't charge it. She doesn't. Yeah, nothing. Like knows nothing about how to work this weapon at all. And I'm like, well, that's you might as well just throw it at him. Uh, but what's yeah. even better is when she finally gets to the door that that key goes to, because he allows her to retrieve that when he could be again going, I'm going to take this pickaxe that I used in that girl's face and just hit you on the top of the head with it now. No, yeah. I'm going to let you do this because I'm enjoying this cat right now. It's kind of comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> so she, warm, comfy, yeah, you know, she, feathers. 
she's turned this lock. I, I, y'all tell me I'm not familiar enough with locks to know. I've never seen a lock you had to turn like six ways one way and two times the other way. They didn't have a combo <laughs> and a high school locker on it. <laughs> yeah, right. What a key, like 32. Left forty three. <laughs> Damn it! No, it's forty one. Thirty seven. I know this is going on and on and on till finally he's combination lock. Right, and <laughs> the door, by the way, is Irina. What would you say? Twelve feet from where the guy is sitting, and it takes him an enormous amount of time to reach her. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, yeah. It, the, the, there is an absolutely. Sus- absolute suspension of disbelief here. Yeah, it's, it's not like he had to cross like the entire theater to get to her. It's literally... You didn't have to stage- climb over anything either. It's not like there was anybody alive in his way. You could just walk over everything. Right. It's stage right. I mean, we were three <laughs> steps and he's gone. He's like, it's stage right. <laughs> Through the stage door. So, right. But no. So but she finally gets in her final chase with him. And I, I love how he grabs the axe, of course. And I'm like, well, that's that's going to be useful. And yeah. <laughs> uh, which that axe is mighty clean for having beheaded like twenty people <laughs> through right? the day. He, he, you know, he's very sanitary. He cleaned that fucker off. That's what it was in the that fire pit that was still left on. Yeah, exactly. And so she decides to throw things at him, just random objects. And at one point, I think she throws like some pillow stuffing at him, and he reacts to it as if it were like a heavy object. <laughs> <laughs> and just so y'all know, by the way, the face, when they pull the mask off the guy, that's the actor, the Clay Parker guy. The dude that's running around with the mask is Luigi Montefiore, who was one of the screenwriters for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so that guy was like, I will only write your picture if I can be the killer. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing! Yeah, I, oh. I, I mean, usually I avoid the trivia section, but I found that on my own, and I was like, "Man, that's <laughs> that's just precious right there." So they had their showdown, and as I mentioned in the plot summary, she she, I, I really wish she had just swung the canister of the fire extinguisher at him because when she lit it off, it went. <laughs> like they, had, they had already wasted it on another shot and we're like it'll be okay everyone will go with it and he just sort of waves randomly at this the spritz of snow that went in his face for a minute <laughs> which by the way wouldn't really affect him because he's got a damn owl mask on right <laughs> that memory actually had brought me back to an actual time in my life when i was me and my friend were driving down the street my friend had this van right this is and, not going to end well. Uh, yeah, any any story and, that starts with my friend in a van. <laughs> right? <laughs> and has to do with a fire extinguisher. So we're driving down. It's broad daylight. All of a sudden, we're like, hey, it's getting smoky in here. <laughs> right? So we realize that the engine's on fire. So we pull over <laughs> directly across from a gas station. Now, we're throwing everything that he owns out of the van. We're trying to get it onto the side of the road. And this thing's going up fast. This guy comes running from the from the um, gas station with the fire extinguisher. He runs up and he's squeezing the trigger as he's running across the street. So he's already spraying it, right? (laughs) It's just going everywhere. He gets to the van, points it at the engine, and it just stops. (laughs) The street was covered in freaking in in fire extinguisher shit. (laughs) 
<laughs> not a drop on the face. <laughs> not on the face. Well, kind of like this movie where I don't know where all of it blew, but it didn't blow on the owl. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> which we, we do. We should mention, too, that the reason the director is killed for, just for not only for being a total pig of a human being, but he decides to rewrite the script after Betty is killed, lock them all in there to make them rehearse it, and he changes the name of the killer to this guy. To which, like, yeah. in my head, and I'm retconning in the back, the guy is in the back going like, man, I was just going to hide out back here. But you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> so that's yeah. what set him off. Game on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's how we're going to play. So <laughs> she drops her to the floor, and we have, like, the multiple. Of course, it always takes, like, multiple scenes to kill the killer off, right? So mm-hmm. first yeah. he's hanging upside down. Then she finally, you know, stomps his hands, and he falls through the table. And I was like, good yeah. stage fall, by the way. I was like, I, I don't know if the if the, <laughs> the screenwriter did that or they actually got a stuntman for that or what, but that looked pretty good. But there's no way he's dead, of course. And she conveniently happens to realize, oh, yes, the burning pit is still here. Maybe I'll just throw it on the dude. And- With her bare hands. Yes. How- With her yeah. bare fucking hand. <laughs> she reaches over on this metal barrel that's been sitting there for eight to ten hours and throws it over on him. First of all, that damn thing weighs as much as she does. Easily. And she does it one-handed with no glove. Please. I mean, I've heard of adrenaline rushes, but then there's, like, beyond reality. So. <laughs> and, and her hand does not get burned, by the way. She's absolutely fine. That's the thing. I'm like, they should have had her hands wrapped up, you know. Yeah, it definitely wasn't an adrenaline rush, too, because she was still limping. She still had the sprained ankle. That was still bothering her. <laughs> I mean, the poor girl has had a rough day. She got she fired. Did have a rough day. I do have to say, another note I wrote down was, thank God she got those meds for that ankle, because she ran around like a champ in the movie. <laughs> I mean, it yeah. must have been something. Yeah, until it was convenient to limp. So, right. So it's like the star quarterback that plays really hard in the game and he's playing on the hurt ankle. Then he loses. And all of a sudden he's just dragging that thing around like he's got yeah. an animal on it. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, right. So, <laughs> but yeah, so she, you know, she knocks him down. She sets him on fire and that's it. She finally gets free, right? No, we have to have a coda, right? Okay. So what happens is she goes back to the thing and she sees Willie riding the bike. She's like, Oh, Willie, I lost my wristwatch. Can we talk about this watch? This watch gets set up in the first scene. She's like, I'd have to pawn it if I didn't have this job. But then she says later she's broke. So whatever. But she is obsessed with finding this watch wherever she is. I mean, it is like, it is her like whoopee. Or something. Yeah. We don't get a story about the watch. Her grandmother didn't you know, leave it to her after she crossed on the Titanic. I don't know what the yeah, deal with this yeah, watch was, is. Yeah. Maybe Peter gave it to her or something. Maybe. But she is obsessed with getting this watch back. And in all of the hurry and the fuss of the murdering, I dropped my watch. You reckon I can go back inside? And all that is left in there are like the little CSI like number tags. But like, they would have cleaned that place out so fast. Um, it is just amazing that that's the setup for we got to get one final scare. Yeah, exactly. And the the funny thing is, it's still an active crime scene. There's not a cop anywhere to be found. Yeah, nowhere. Right? Like yeah. the cops only like, work at night and in the rain. Yeah, like, yeah. There's no exactly. caution tape either. Yeah, nowhere. No, just numbers. No, Willie, Willie, Willie was in charge of the crime scene. <laughs> I have a theory about this. I have a theory. The Ferrari family didn't want to like have any backlash on this, so they paid the cops to like keep it on the down low. That's my that's my working theory yeah. as to why there's no police involvement with this. 
So, <laughs> uh, do they ever say actually where this is set? I don't. I didn't miss it. I don't know, but Betty was from Boston. That That's all I know is Betty was yeah. from Boston, Betty and she'd only Boston. been there for two days. So right. I'm guessing it's probably supposed to be New York. I guess. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think actually, no. When you said that, I think it is. Um, like upstate New York or something like that, and they were because I remember someone saying something. Um, th- I think I could be wrong. <laughs> I, I mean, I who mean, knows? I watched this twice and didn't pick that up, so I don't a, know. Yeah, <laughs> are there a lot of psych- psychiatric hospitals in upstate New York? <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I'm be. pretty sure there are. <laughs> yeah, it's a good, be a good place. It's the area for it. Have, having driven through that that a few times, it'd be a good place for one. There, ain't nothing there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, people think like when they think of New York, they just think of the city. I'm like, go go north. I'm like between yeah. New York City and like Syracuse, a lot of farms, a lot of nothing. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of woods, kids. So it's, it's not just the city, but yeah. So, so she goes back and of course he pops up behind her with burnt face makeup on and everything. And, and no stabbed eyeball. No stab. She did stab. She stabbed him in the eye with a hat pin. Yes. she. And did. we don't see that yeah. again. Yep. His eye is just fine. And that bugs the shit out of me. Well, the fire healed the eye. I mean, that's what <laughs> yeah, I wrote. Shut up. Jay. <laughs> Cauterized it. Yeah. Cauterized it. I mean, it's the fire. The fire regrew the eye. But Willie has gone on and on about how, like, oh, my gun that you found, you didn't even load it. You didn't know how to put a bullet in it. He just goes on and on and on about it. And then, of course, Wallace shows up to get her one last time. And it's actually a pretty good shot because she's standing there and then all of a sudden the camera turns just slightly left and there he is. And she lets out another scream and then he gets shot with a paintball in the forehead. Which did look like it hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Right between the eyes. Right Right between between the the eyes. eyes. (laughs) Just like I I said, right between the eyes. Did you see that? (laughs) Right between the eyes. Just like I said. I don't know. And I'm like, Willie's going to need to go to visit the hospital now after that. Because he's just repetitive. He's got Tourette's now. So (laughs) after this, and Alicia, who went back for her precious watch, when she falls down, the watch breaks in about four pieces. And she just kind of sweeps it up into her palm and walks out into the sunlight. (laughs) And I'm like, and then we have Wallace who laughs and blinks his eyes. I, again, still think that might have just been the actor, because the guy that played Ferrari is heaving on the ground while he's dead on the stage. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and assuming they had, again, maybe four days to shoot this, they, they were like, yeah, whatever. We'll go with it. So We're, yeah. we're just going to go with it. We're, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the cheesiest of last scares. But, again, I mean, you, do you expect anything less? I mean. No. Yeah. It's because it, it was still in that same, like, horrible like that trope of you know hack a slide like gonna scare you at the end like you know got to fake like think he's dead he's not dead and then we'll do it two more times and then (laughs) get you going you know what i mean right it's it's jason jumping through the window one more time it's whatever yeah Yeah. or look at or michael my looking out the window and not seeing him on the ground right you know what i mean like that type of thing that's what they were going for but they they realized halfway through there wasn't going to be a fucking sequel, so they put a paintball <laughs> in his forehead. <laughs> I mean, really, I'm like, somebody slingshot at that dude at that, or threw it at him or something, because it is like a tomato yeah. hitting him in the face. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which would have even been better. Like, if she had picked up the tomato and hit him, like, he's a failed actor who became a serial killer who came back. Like, that would have been perfect. 
<laughs> but it way better. Yeah, but again, this movie didn't get any of that stuff right. They couldn't do that right either. So, well, I think we're at the part of the podcast where it's time to give final thoughts, recommendations, and popcorn ratings. So, Craig, we're going to yeah. start with you. What are yours for stage fright? Well, I got like I said, um, it was it's it's in my wheelhouse. We'll say that. <laughs> like, I like bad. It wasn't as bad as I was thinking it was it was going to be there was like you said there was some good cinematography in it the um it all right it's bad it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> like talking yourself into it and then nah. yeah I was trying to defend it no I can't um <laughs> I'll give it a small with extra butter all right small with extra butter <laughs> Irene, I know how stingy you are with popcorn. Let's let's hear. Oh, it. I'm so stingy with popcorn, but I went back to watch it three times. But that's because you couldn't get through it. <laughs> <laughs> One time, because your husband intervened and said no. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm actually going to give it a small popcorn with extra butter and maybe a sprinkle of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> I might have to go back and make somebody watch it with me again just so I can laugh at it this time. <laughs> yeah. This is definitely in that put it on like if you're having friends over for a bad movie night <laughs> and you don't want to watch like yeah. the room or something, like, oh I got you. So <laughs> that, this is small popcorn all the way, but it is small popcorn with a little bit of marshmallows thrown in because there's some sticky goodness in there. I mean, it's, it's layered through this dumb thing. Agreed. The cinema, was, the cinematography again, I, no joke. The cinematography is amazing in this movie. It's way better than this movie deserves, and yes. and the score mostly is good too, except for how oddly it's placed. Um, there's nobody in this you you will recognize from having done anything else. Though they did have careers. My, my wife was like, these people couldn't have ever worked again, right? And I. I looked, I was like, no, this guy was in like 60 movies. She was like, oh, we're never watching any of those. Like, she just decreed. Like, that was it. <laughs> so, if there had been a stage fright, too, I don't know that I could have been on it. So, I might have been allowed. But, yeah, it's small popcorn territory, but it was fun, but not nearly as fun as it was talking about it with you two, because this was a blast. This is definitely a like, bad movie night thing to do with friends yeah. if you want to do that. So, Craig, thanks again for being on Filmstrip. Tell folks again about how they can follow you and how they can follow the podcast, Needless to Say. All right. It's uh, Needless to Say podcast. We're available on all major podcast networks, you know, Spotify, what, whatever you, you use will be on there. Uh, you can reach us on Twitter at NTS underscore podcast, on Facebook at NTS podcast, and on Instagram at Needless to Say Podcast. And that's it. I mean, we're there. Come and check us out. Fantastic. Well, thanks again for being a part of the show. Irina, tell folks how they can follow you on the interwebs. Yes, they can find me on Instagram at i.nerd, E-Y-E dot N-E-R-D, and on Twitter at I-Sing, E-Y-E-S-I-N-G. Fabulous. Folks, again, thanks for joining us on this episode. You can find archives of this podcast feed on our website, filmstrippodcast.com. Please leave a positive review wherever you find the show. You can follow the show on Twitter at filmstrippod and search Filmstrip Podcast on Facebook to connect with us there. We appreciate the support and would appreciate it if you'd share the show as well. For Irina and Craig from Needless to Say, I'm Jay. Thanks again for joining us on Filmstrip. Thank you for listening to Filmstrip. 
You can find more episodes on our website, filmstrippodcast.com. The Filmstrip theme music is produced and performed by Frozen Lake 121. All content used or discussed in these podcast episodes is the property of the respective owners and used under the Fair Use Act, Section 504C2, Title 17.